stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm going solo. You're going to have to put up just with me to discuss an important topic right now, which with a bunch of these hot stocks continuously hitting new highs. And some of them are throwing around the words, you know, like parabolic or crazy, insane. A lot of people are sitting on some big time gains right now. And I know some of the questions you're starting to ask because I'm asking them too. Should you cash in on some of these huge gains? Should you take some of the money off the table and move to the side? Now, I'm talking about the real high flyers here, even though there's a lot of big winners this year, especially off of those coronavirus lows. If you happen to be brave enough to get in when some of that selling was going on, you might have even bigger gains. But even with the rebound, they've continued to gain. And we know who a lot of these are. They're the hot growth names in technology, there's some in retail, there's some in restaurants, um, there's some in the home builders, but I'm not gonna cover one of those here. I'm talking about the super crazy popular ones that are trending on stock twits. They're always talking about them on CNBC nearly every day. Um, What do you do with those? Now, before I take a look at the list I've chosen of those high flyers, I wanna go over the steps you should ask about whether or not you should be selling out, either out completely out of a stock or just part of your position and locking in some gains. So the first one always is, what is your investing plan? Have you reached your goal for that plan? This is the most important thing. Every investor has a different plan. So there's not one one thing fits all, it's, it's based on what your goals are, and that could be different. So for instance, maybe you're saving in stocks for your child's college, and you managed 10 years ago, or even five years ago, to buy some of these, what are now high flyers, and you've reached your goal. Maybe you were gonna save $150,000 for your child's college costs, and now that fund is at that goal. What do you do there? You might wanna take some off the table there, right? If that's part of your plan and your goal has now been reached. But maybe you're say 35 years old and you're saving in stocks for your retirement in an IRA, not your 401k at work, but like a separate IRA that you're in individual stocks. And maybe over the last couple of years, again, you bought some of these high flyers and you have huge gains in there. Well you may have 30 more years before you actually are retiring and reaching the end point of your investing plan, right? So you may not want to sell if that is your investing plan and that's your goal is still 30 more years down the line. So again, everybody's in a different position. Everybody is saving or has their different investing plan. So that's the key number one. What is your plan? What is your goal for this investment and this money? Then you can move on from there to ask a few more questions. So once you know what your goal is and your plan, that should give you at least right away 
some indication about whether or not you should be selling some portion here and moving to the sidelines. Okay, the number two is know your risk tolerance. It's all fun when it's going up every day, right? Like, woohoo, like it doesn't get any better than this. But what happens when there's a correction, which corrections are about 10% decline or 10% uh, pullback? What happens if we get a bear market correction? That would be 20%, which is similar to what we saw in many of the stocks in the coronavirus sell-off. These things, obviously, that just happened a couple months ago, so you can't rule out either a 10% or a 20%, even in the midst of a bigger bull market. These would be normal. So can you keep your wits about you? Can you not panic if there's a 10% or 20% correction? You have to know what what your own risk tolerance is. None of us can be you. So you have to know yourself and judge that when you're thinking about whether or not you wanna sell out of a stock here. Number three is the sleep at night test. And this one, I feel a lot of people can deploy. So are stocks keeping you up at night, even if they are going higher and higher? They don't have to be going lower and lower for you to be kept up at night, right? Because for some of us, you know, endless gains start to make you nervous. And you might be nervous at night, not be able to sleep through the night, wondering like, when's the big sell-off coming? What, what if I lose some of it here or whatnot? So there's nothing wrong if that's keeping you up at night. I've always said no investment should keep you up at night. So if you are, because it's going up, 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 there's nothing wrong with taking some of the trade off. I've said this many times, take off whatever makes you feel better, 10%, 20%, maybe even 50%. You don't have to sell the whole position. Nobody's saying because you're in some of these hot stacks, hey, get out of all of it. Um, but whatever makes you sleep better at night and is within your risk tolerance and your investing plan, then maybe take off some part of it. There's nothing wrong with locking in the profit, right? That's the number one rule of investing. You're trying to make profit and gains and grow your money. So nothing wrong with that. Um, also, if we weren't covering this, these super high flyers, I would say another thing to consider when you're going to sell is if the company is still performing and doing things for the reason you originally bought it. Are they still growing their earnings and their sales? Is the story still intact with your company? Um, is their technology going out of date or are they innovating? All of these things need to be looked at, especially um, if you've owned the stock for quite some time, that company for quite some time. But in the case of the podcast today, I'm covering a whole bunch or five of these high flying type of stocks where the story is still intact, where they are actually growing their earnings. And that's why they're super hot right now because they're in the right areas of the economy. So we don't have that question to ask with these five particular stocks, but we may in the future. So it's always good to keep that in mind as well. But for the purposes of this podcast, with these five high flyers under these conditions right now, we're not really asking whether or not the company is performing because they are. So let's dive into some of the stocks. Now, I do have to caveat that by I kept off the cult stocks. 
I thought about adding them, but then I said, no, we all know why, why people are in them and why they might want to stay in them. And the cult stocks are uh, ones like Tesla and Apple. Yes, I'm including Apple now in the cult stocks where people are loyal and even with big gains or some of these other factors, they're staying in because they just believe, believe in the company and the management and it's the cult of those stocks <laughs> now. So Tesla, Apple, I'm not, I'm not covering those. They've had huge gains, um, but apply the different factors if you are in them and are considering taking some off the table. Okay, so the first stock out of the list that I did cover is NVIDIA. Now, some people might call NVIDIA a cult stock too, but I feel like the cult isn't quite as strong as it is for Tesla and Apple. You don't have as many people who bought it to hold it on their revolution, even though um, NVIDIA is you know, seen on the chip side as one of the one of the leaders, obviously, in some of the hottest areas, ticker NVDA, if you don't already know what the ticker is. Year to date, it's up 115%. So I could see why you might want to take some off the table if you've been in it the whole time. So PE is now 56 times, PEG is at 3.1. Now I took a look at the earnings and earnings are up big here in fiscal 2021 it's supposed to make 896 versus 579 last year that's a gain of 54.8 percent so as i said there are reasons why these stocks are hot and running and considered the crown jewels right so nothing wrong with the story this one is all going to go to what is your investing goals what is your investing plan because the story is intact here those earnings estimates continue to rise and they are in one of the hottest areas of the chips. So um, NVIDIA, you gotta, you gotta like where they stand in their industry right here. And oh, there is Zach's number three hold right now. And not surprising, a lot of companies fall into the hold category a couple weeks after they report earnings because 80% uh, of our stocks are in the hold category and nothing wrong with the holds. Okay, uh, moving on to outside of the tech area. Yes, there are non-tech stocks that are soaring right now. And we're going to take a look at Chipotle Mexican Grill. CMG is the ticker. It's back in favor again. This one is only, only up 51.3% year to date. But this is a play on the coronavirus because who's winning big? Anybody who can do delivery and these fast casuals have the app and it's super easy because I know I've even downloaded it and now I'm using it and you can just order online, pick it up or go through the drive-through with it. And, um, you know, these shares are off to the races now too. They're not cheap. They haven't been cheap for a long time, even before the pandemic, but they're even less cheap now. PE is 114. PEG is at almost six on the peg now. So taking a look at those earnings, the earnings have really rebounded in the last three months as it became clear that same store sales are up big on the delivery side, even with you know in-dining stores being closed. So and now expected this year to make 1082, that's up from 771 in just the last three months. 
but they did make 1405 last year. So still, still uh, below last year, not surprising when you have, you know, restaurants closed and whatnot, and, you know, people basically locked down inside their houses, they're going to make less plus higher costs of uh, pandemic and other uh, food ish related issues, and then um, paying their employees to work during a pandemic. But uh, you got to like the nice rebound in the earnings here. And as the economy continues to reopen, as we get more therapies and a vaccine, these kind of fast casual will be big winners. Now, I had a couple choices to choose from on the restaurant side. I just went with Chipotle because it's it's had the big run, but a couple other ones like Wingstop, for instance, W-I-N-G, also another big winner in this restaurant category for the same reasons, as well as Domino's, DPZ, you know, crushing it on the pizza side, and any of these with the app and the easy delivery are killing it. So something to keep in mind on the restaurant side. Okay, then switching over to finance, a lot of the financials have rebounded, not the banks, but anything with credit or like digital currencies, because we didn't want to touch cash at all during the pandemic. Cash was already on the way out, but it's being accelerated. As Visa and MasterCard have said, all the trends they saw are just have picked up steam during the pandemic. I know again, for me personally, I almost stopped using cash completely during the pandemic and Basically, once you change your habits, you're not going back. So some of these companies on the payment side, any kind of digital payments or credit cards, super hot, but who to choose? A lot of them are soaring. I chose PayPal up 85% year to date. PYPL is the ticker there. So it's really been on a run, still at those new highs. PE now is 53 times. Uh, PEG is at 2.5, so a little cheaper than Chipotle for sure on the PEG side. And this one's interesting because the earnings didn't get hit on on PayPal. Why would it? It's it's not. It didn't shut down any stores or anything with PayPal, so it didn't have the shutdown. And so earnings expected to be 369 this year, up from 310 last year. That's earnings growth of 19%, not as great as some of these others that we're going to be looking at, but still double digits during a pandemic year, still able to, um, you know, cash in, so to speak, and still able to get that really great growth. Now, they're also a Zach's number three. Actually, Chipotle is also Zach's three hold. And as I said, most most stocks are in the three especially a couple weeks after earnings. So nothing unusual about that. PayPal might obviously still have room to run here with the good double-digit earnings growth still happening. Like I said, none of these companies have issues with the story right now. The story is good. That's what makes it so hard to decide whether or not to sell any, right? <laughs> because you don't have a problem like a GE or an L Brands or something where you're like, ah, things aren't good, I'm getting out of this. No, things are great. So that's the dilemma we're in. And stock number four is really a dilemma here, right? Wayfair is stock number four. Ticker W, I used to hate Wayfair because they can never make any money, right? Now they are. Now is the tide has turned. They've seen a huge surge in business. They basically doubled their revenue last quarter. 
they see those trends continuing now that people have discovered Wayfair. They like it. They like the ease of it. They're going to continue to use it. The home is still where the spending is happening. So you got to like Wayfair here for even the rest of this year. But year to date, get ready. The shares are now up 267%. Yes, 267. So those true believers in Wayfair, or even if you got in, even in half of that, you're still up 130%. Even if you waited a, a time to get in, you still had the big gains. It finally does have a PE because it is going to have earnings, positive earnings this year. So the PE is 222 times right here. They lost $8.03 last year. This is the tremendous turnaround they're seeing. They're supposed to make $1.52 this year. Wow, that is incredible. That's where the business is. That's up 118% year over year, peg, peg ratio is at 9.7. So pretty pricey, even with the growth, because the shares have just soared. <laughs> so this is a this is a conundrum one, because again, the story is still good. Do they still have anything left in the tank here? Um, is there questions any of you in a, are gonna have to ask? Think about your investing plan. What is your plan? What is your goal? Does this still fit in your goal? Would you be okay if it retraced, you know, lower a considerable amount? That all depends on your plan, right? And your goals. Do you have short-term goals? Do you have long-term goals? These are all things you need to be asking yourself if you're in any of these stocks right here. Okay, then the fifth stock, another one that has soared during the pandemic, it's the place to be at sea. Ticker ETSY, year-to-date up 182%. So crushing it still. And PE now is at 62. PEG is at 2.37. So the PEG is not so bad here because it does have the growth. So last year it made 76 cents a share. This year expected to make 205. That's up 169%. They're seeing huge gains in the home category, which Wayfair is as well. You don't often think of Etsy about the home, but there's a lot of things you can buy on there for the home that we all want right now. So home business soared in the last quarter. They also made, they're also sold over $300 million worth of um, face masks. And unclear if that's continuing. A lot of people have already bought, but I don't know if you're like me, you're kind of bored with your older face masks now. And as we go into the fall, eh, I might want some different colors. I've kind of found out which ones fit my face the best and like which of the ties I like. I don't know about the rest of you, but I really don't like the ones where you get to adjust the ties. Like, I don't know. They just don't fit the same way as the ones built for your face with the ties like all built in. And then there's like the type you want to use, whether or not you want the cotton, linen, or, you know, the ones where you can put in the filter, like there's a lot of different choices. So I don't know. I feel like the masks are probably still selling pretty good, not as hot as they were originally when we all had to have them to go to the supermarket. But um, I do think, you know, people are going to be, uh, trading them in for more. And you might have people who are returning either back to work or to college or back to school where they might want to have a whole stack of them and not just those disposable ones you 
throw out. Like, you know, your kid might want some cute ones to wear to high school, right? Um, or college. So yeah, the masks might still be doing well, but Etsy is so much more than the masks. And again, like Wayfair, once you use the site and you see how easy it is to use, they're seeing the metric of the user who uses multiple times increase. That is a good metric to have for any online business that a one-time customer becomes a two or three times a year customer or, or more. And that's where you really see the earnings and the revenue growth. So Etsy, another one where the trends are still intact. So if you own Etsy, it's a Zach's number one rank, strong buy here. Wayfair, by the way, is number two buy. So they have a little bit loftier um, Zach's rankiness right here because their earnings estimates have all been raised and all to the upside. And it's pretty dramatic what is happening with their earnings growth here. So these are just five I picked out. There's another 10 or 20 you could go for that have similar stories to these where the stock is like, you know, doubled this year, really taken off, super hot. They are executing, however. So the whole thing of like, oh, business is declining or not as good isn't our choice. This is what makes it a conundrum and difficult for investors. But remember, rely on your investing plan and review that and trust in whatever your instincts are saying. And remember, if it is keeping you up at night, if you own Wayfair and you're like, how much longer could this keep going? This makes me nervous. There's nothing wrong with taking part off of a trade. I've done it. I've done it several times. I have no regrets. Even as the stock continued to go higher, I redeployed some of that cash into other stocks I like. Um, you know, nothing wrong with that if it's, you know, making you sleep at night. And also re remember, keep your risk tolerance in mind. Not everybody has a strong enough stomach to... Um, ride out ups and downs on stocks. Um, if we get another sell-off, if we get a correction, which would be normal, even if we get a pullback, three to 5%. Some of these stocks haven't even had that in weeks. So when we get it, it's going to feel a little odd. It's going to feel like, oh, wait, pain. Oh, I don't like this. So keep in mind what your risk tolerance is as well. But these are fun times. I like doing podcasts about you know this kind of dilemma when should I sell my super hot stock? <laughs> that, that doesn't happen all very often, right? I don't get to do this podcast very often. And I had plenty of stocks to choose from. So that's fantastic. Your uh, diligence and patience of buying good quality companies is paid off. And now keep executing your investing plan and buy good quality companies. As John Blank said on my podcast several times now, and he just said it last week, on our podcast about what was going on with the economy, um, remember, you don't don't be a genius. It's not that hard. These stocks are on everybody's list right now, and it wasn't that hard for me to find them and pick them out and find out what is good about them. So it didn't take a genius to get into these. They're not obscure names. So keep that in mind, too, as you're out there determining what to buy and um, what to sell, if any. Um, nobody says you need to sell any of it, but if you are considering it, then um, keep these factors that I just gave you in mind and 
always this is a good dilemma to have, right? When to sell your high flyer. But as always, um, I'm trying to bring you everything that's kind of in the news on the Market Edge podcast. And this kind of dilemma is now in the news as stocks continue to hit these new highs. So let me recap the tickers again. We had NVIDIA. That was the only pure play techie name, really. Although PayPal has the technology too, but NVIDIA is only pure play tech, which just goes to tell you it's not just the tech names that are surging right here. There's a lot to choose from, but NVIDIA, NVDA, we had Chipotle along with some other of the hot restaurants, CMG. I didn't really talk about Wingstop or Domino's, but I did mention those. They have similar stories and dynamics as Chipotle, Wingstop, W-I-N-G, and Domino's DPZ. And then we had PayPal on the payment side, PYPL. We had Wayfair, which is the home focused. W is their ticker. They've turned it around. This is a new era for them, it looks like. Then we had Etsy also entering into uh, brand awareness and maybe a new era for them as well, E-T-S-Y. So you don't want to miss a single episode because I'm going to be covering more things going on in the market as we move along here. And I have a couple juicy topics I want to cover even in the dog days of summer here as we head into fall. So you want to subscribe. We are on SoundCloud uh, under Zach's Market Edge. We're also on the individual platforms. You can get us on um, Spotify, of course, and Apple Podcasts. And we're now on on in India, on Ghana. I should have said this at the front. I'll say it again next week, but you can get us in India now. But be sure to get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.